This podcast may contain adult language and adult conversations, so viewer discretion is advised. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Talking Dirty. Today I have another amazing guest with me. Alex, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, can't complain. So uh, from the little bit that we talked, you have quite an interesting you've had quite an interesting life so far, huh? Uh yeah, I could you could say that for for the little bit. <laughs> I I could probably write a couple series books if I had to. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I mean <laughs> it makes for some good stories, right? Oh, yeah. Good bedtime stories, too. <laughs> yeah. Stuff to tell your kids. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the main things or one of the, the big things you sort of hit on was uh, sort of an air balloon or hot air balloon incident, right? Yes, that correct. You, uh, you're one of the first people on that scene? Yes, I was. Um, so in the summer where I live is a very popular um, hot air balloon area. We have a couple stand like hot air balloon places like within 30 miles of each other. So it's in the summer, it's what people like to come down and like to Lake Geneva and the area over here to watch the hot air balloons and ride them and stuff like that. And uh, we were me, uh, my fiance, my friend Tyler, uh, we were all just standing outside by my car working on my car and uh, one went over our head and we're like, Oh, look at that. It's a hot air balloon. You know, we started talking about, Oh, we should probably go on one in the summer. And, you know, then we started going back and forth. Nah, they'll crash. They'll kill us. You know, just joking around. And uh, the next one that came over our head, sure as shit, got stuck in a wind tunnel and uh, went head on to a train. Oh, man. And, yeah, it was it was kind of surreal because, like, we we're watching it happen and we're calling it out. Like, we're like, hey, you guys, it's going to crash. Hey, it's crashing. Hey, guys, it crashed type thing. Like, it was so slow but so fast. I can't even imagine, like, just witnessing something tragic like that. I mean, not to get, like, if there was any deaths or serious injuries with it. So um, when I arrived on scene, the train was still coming, trying to come to a stop. Um, the conductor actually knew that it was in bracing for impact before it hit the parish, uh, the hot air balloon. So he was already trying to stop to stop the impact. So when I had gotten to the train tracks, I just ended up jumping underneath the train as fast as I can while I was coming to a stop and going to the other side of the tracks. And my military kind of kicked in. Um, combat mode kind of just took over me. And I assessed the situation and looked for the bloodiest mess possible first, because that's obviously where who needs the attendant. And uh, the conductor was about 100 feet to the left. And his two people he had on there, which was a couple, was to the right. They had no visible bleeding, no visible wound bones sticking out um, that I could see but the conductor on the other hand was far off worse than as it, it like I honestly didn't think anybody was going to be moving but his head was split open and Ooh. I just because uh, you know the train tracks have those big rocks mm -hmm. and you can tell where the impact of the hot air balloon was and then you can tell where the impact of their bodies were um, Ooh. And I just went from there, man. I put a tourniquet, I took my shirt off, um, stopped the bleeding on his head and made sure to keep, you know, the peas going. So constantly asking him, you know, how are you? Are you okay? Do you know your name? Do you know where you are? You know, just stay relaxed, you know, trying to keep him as, because in those phases of shock and like 
those situations, people tend to become like angry and violent and not because they mean to, but because like their nervous system is just going. Yeah. That was like surreal. And within five minutes, I mean, there was 50 plus vehicles, paramedics, fire rescues, uh, flight for life was there. But yeah, no, no deaths. Um, I had a knock on my door around 10 o'clock that night from the chief of police and um, one of the head sergeants from the district here. And uh, they wanted to thank me personally that I saved all three of their lives. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. And they uh, they ended up coming down and doing a Heroes to Heroes TV show um, with me and the officers that were first responded on the scene. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know if I know how to react to a situation like that. I feel I'd probably be in a bit of a shock as well. Just seeing yeah, it no, I, 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 as a civilian standpoint, you know, it was like, man, I never thought I'd have to go through stuff like this, you know, not being in the military anymore, you know? Yeah. Uh, not on a day-to-day basis where you have that kind of situation happen right in front of you and you have to act accordingly. And if you don't, you know, it's fight or flight life or death you know and that's the situation that happened yeah that's yeah that's crazy and so thank you i guess I, congratulations you can save some lives that's that's all that's awesome um no i i of course i i i, I take all the the thanks and everybody honestly if it wasn't for like to be honest if it wasn't for the township coming together because you know not everybody has that that instinct to pull the trigger mm-hmm Everybody has that instinct. Oh, I, I, you can be put in a situation all you want and you can say you're going to do it. But when it really comes down to it, most people can't. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's not, and it's not on them being like a horrible person or a wimp or, you know, not the strongest person in the world. It's just some people just don't have it in them to do stuff like that. Yeah. Like I would always imagine that if it was a situation where I could help, I would, but I just, when it when it actually happens i don't know how i would react because that's you know you can talk all this talk but when it when it's actually you're face to face with it it you it takes some guts to be able to take that step and do what needs to be done yeah that step is that step is pretty much it right there like when we all ran across everybody stopped at that threshold i was the only one that took that step over you know the people that i was with they they stopped dead in their tracks and just kind of looked left and right and was just like a gasp of air you know and Mm -hmm. that's what you unfortunately you can't have you can't have that stop you can't take that split second you just gotta go with it and hopefully everything works out you know yeah um but that that like that comes with the instinct of being like taught in the military and what i did in my my job as a service member and stuff so yeah i was gonna say you think that is a heavily influenced by your military service yeah. I and mean, you mentioned you did some military service no 100 percent. i was 11 bravo which was infantry i was a grunt i was a door kicker um on my deployments so i was attached with 5-2 uh, infantry ranger battalion in fort lewis so i was with the the big boys <laughs> yeah i mean how was that was military life for you uh military was it fixed my life so i was Born in California, uh, grew up in the Bay Area, the troubled life of living in the ghetto, gang violence. My whole family, my dad's doing 50 years, was, was doing 50 years for uh, attempt murder on a police officer and a gang violence thing when I, before I was born. Oh, wow. But like my family, uh, that's how I grew up was that. And I, I was called like the golden child because I, I was the first one in my family to get a college degree and graduate high school with a diploma and I left for the army right away and didn't look back. That was, that was kind of my thing. Like 
I saw a doorway and I took it. Well, that's good. I mean, not not many people can say they escaped that type of situation. A lot of people just get stuck in it and continuously grinding in the wrong direction. Yeah, I'm, I've I've uh, had setbacks uh, after the military. I, I became a horrible alcoholic. Just pretty much put my whole life on pause for alcohol. Um, but I was dealing with like the PTSD and coming back into the civilian life as a normal human being was a horrible transition for me. And it, it ate me in the butt. And I ended up getting on a police chase in my crotch rocket at like 11 o'clock at night for like 26 miles. Um, oh, wow. Never been in trouble before a day of my life. And they sentenced me three years in prison for it. Oh, dang, three years. Yeah, so I sat 18 months in uh, Wisconsin State Prison, and then I got good time and good behavior, and then got everything dropped and amended when I got out and stuff like that, so I was able to get my life back on track after that. Yeah, I mean, that's good. Uh, what do you think was the factor in getting your life back together? Like, what, what was that that pushed you to, um, you know, get... Wasn't it, honestly, I, I can't say it was as, as horrible as it sounds. I can't say it was my kid at first. My my kid was my oldest son, Xander, was definitely like my push for me, but it was more of like myself self reflecting on like, I can't throw away everything I accomplished in my life for one night on my sports bike. Yeah. You know, like I can't, I can't preach all this stuff and do all the stuff that I've accomplished and then just throw it out the window because I wanted to have fun or because I wanted to, you know, do what I was doing. So it honestly just took a lot of self-reflection, just like the people who I surrounded myself with, uh, the things I was doing with those people or the things that I was letting them do around me. You know, that was kind of the biggest push was like when I got out, you know, I, I moved away from the situation. I moved away from certain people. I cut, cut the links and ties, no questions asked, you know, Someone yeah. goes to look for me on Facebook and they can't add me anymore. And they're like, well, what the heck? And it's like, well, I had to, I had to choose, you know, and I had to choose myself and my family first. So, yeah. And that, that's a tough choice to make sometimes. I mean, especially if you had to cut out family or real close friends. I mean, I've had, yeah. I've had to do that myself and it, it's not an easy, easy thing to do, but you know, sometimes you got to, you know, it's like you're alone, but you're not alone. Cause you're taking that time to, to rebuild who you are, who you're supposed to become. Yeah, not an easy task. Not many people can actually do it. So, I mean, congratulations getting yourself on the right track, you know? that's a, No, yeah, appreciate it, man. That's good. And so you had a pretty rough start, but yeah, you've turned yourself around. What are you doing nowadays? Um, so over the last couple of years, I, uh, I had opened up my own business um, doing landscaping. And then COVID had hit. And after COVID, I just couldn't upkeep it. Mm-hmm. I sold my company and was just kind of doing stuff on my own. And my ex-wife's uh, father, who I am like 100% close with in my own relationship with him, offered me a job opportunity um, through his retirement and pretty much gave me the keys to his business. And so now I run his company for the last, um, oh man, uh, reigned over ruling, the, like owning the company for him for over a year now. Well, that's not bad. What type but, of business is that? Uh, rock chip and glass repair. So I'm certified rock chip and glass repair for Wisconsin, Illinois, and I have oh, nice. 200 plus dealerships that I I do. Hey, that's that's a good job. Yeah, no, it 
Yeah, it definitely. Yeah, it's a good job. It's just always out in the sun. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that. I mean, you did landscape. It's the sun's the thing, man. You working outside? It's killer. Uh, but yeah, no. So that was that was pretty much it. Uh, my life was football for a long time. Um, after the military, I um, found semi-pro football, and that led me into getting a opportunity to go play college ball in Florida. And then I ended up winning uh, a national championship and then winning a national travel team championship for the pro league out in Orlando. And then I played about 13 seasons before I hung them up, not last year, but the year before and took a year off and now I'm coaching. Oh, wow. So big football there, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a sports person and like to die for like my girl every time people come over for sports she's always like remember he likes to get loud <laughs> and i'm assuming wisconsin you're a packer fan nope oh yeah have... thank god yeah. no i'm not much for sports but man i hate packer fans no i am a raiders fan okay coming from michigan i'm a lions fan i know you know we're we are the best team ever that's <laughs> 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 what we say every year you know, you yeah. know how that goes <laughs> At least you guys have a quarterback, so. Yeah, yeah. I always feel like the Lions, they just, they either have a good team and a bad coach or a good coach and a bad team. Yeah, I, I, I honestly thought they were going to do better than they did last year. Like, I thought they were going to be up there taking the division. Yeah, we were close. It wasn't for the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, the Seahawks game yeah, at the end. All right, so saving people's lives, military service, jail time. Oh, running your own business and sort of semi-professional football. Now you're coaching. God, that's that's a big life. That's that's a lot more than I've done. <laughs> they always say, "What is it? You can be a jack of all trades, but the master of none." Yeah, that's like how I used to live my life. Like when I was running amok and being crazy, like I was just like, "Oh, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this," but I would never complete the task. Like I would always half-ass it and, I, and whenever i when i got out and i reevaluated myself i was just like well, i can't you know i can't go on living life like that so let's let's dive a little deeper into some of these uh subjects we've touched on uh, the military time i mean how was how was that like i know we sort of we sort of brushed on it but like yeah how, how was it like i know a lot of people are happy but some people love it some people hate it some you know, yeah for, okay, so for my military experience was, it was a hardship, like, uh, I am fully disabled veteran, um, so my military started off with, like, I was just, like, I came in cocky as ever, six foot three, 200 pound freaking tattooed guy going in the military, like, I was cocky, like, I was super cocky when I went in the military, that got nipped in the butt, like, like that, like, I tried to fight my platoon sergeant, like, my first week in the army. Oh, and, man it didn't go well. So no, it, it's shaped me into definitely what I am now, but it was rough because I lost before I got out of the military, I lost 25 soldiers to suicide. And that was in my battalion or next to my battalion deployments. I mean, I, I, I lost two guys on deployment within three weeks of being there. And then uh, my brother, in arms was he's not my actual brother but he's my brother in arms but mm -hmm. a family yeah he died overseas with me um and then i had gotten injured my brother was my actual biological brother was also injured um so like it was rough they made a movie on my battalion called the kill squad we had guys that were leaving the fob um, which is a forward operating base overseas 
and they were sneaking out and killing locals and Afghan, um, just regular civilians and like sending parts back home as prizes. Wow. So that like flagged our battalion. It flagged all of us from promotions, ETSing, PCSing, like getting out, trying to go somewhere else to a different duty station. And then we had the whole world watching us for the news because three of the guys were on trial and one of the guys doing life in prison because one of the guys that was in our battalion told on all of them and then they tried to kill them. That is crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> My also my units in the Batman versus or the new super the first Superman that was released um, when they were fighting in the village with the army guys that was our battalion so that's pretty cool. <laughs> Dang, man, you've got quite a bit of a I mean not necessarily you <laughs> TV experience but stuff you've been involved with that's that's crazy. Yeah, and then midway through my military career, um, I was going through a separation. My wife left me, cheated on me. Yeah, I'm a, I hope you hear that, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, uh, so she had cheated on me and left. And when I came home from deployment, it was a house divided, you know, so I had to go through with that and ended up getting custody of my son while I was in the military. And so she could go, you know, live off be in her life. So I ended up becoming like as much of a super soldier that I could be. And I started doing all the classes, going taking all these courses, marksmanship school, WLC, trying to get promoted to a sergeant, like trying to do everything I can to like get as much money in my pocket to being like being able to take care of my kid now. I ended up getting really into mixed martial arts and the MACP program for the army. I ended up fighting for the army team um, for two years. And then when I got out, I continued to um, try to progress and then I ended up leaving it for football. Nice. I had <laughs> something new every time you talk. <laughs> I, I told you, man, I could, I literally could throw so many things out there in one, one, my, like my girl's sitting here in the corner, like shaking your head. Like, yeah, literally <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, like, you know how this is called like dirty talk or whatever, like mm -hmm. the story between me and my girl and how we became an item is that that can make a movie, honestly, proper oh. like movie. Well, I mean, if she's okay with it, you want to jump into that one? Um, baby, it's up to me. Yeah, all right, whatever. I don't care. I'll talk about it. All right. We're getting the juicy details now. Uh, she said, you better, this is going to be on how you put it, because if I say it wrong, she's going to yell at me. <laughs> um, so my, my fiancé now, um, we've known each other for 15 years. Like rough, like 12 to 15 years, like right around that time frame. I was her cousin's best friend. Um, like he was like my brother, like literally thicker than thieves, Bonnie and Clyde type stuff. Anything we did, whether it was sex, drugs, schools, sports, whatever, you name it, we did it together. Literally. All right. So that's how I met her. And we've always just been friends. Always. Never kissed, never sex, never, you know, nothing, nothing like that. Never got drunk and hooked up, fooled around anything like that I, i've always had her back like as far as like a friend you know but always just we've always been there for each other and uh, i was in a relationship for four years with this girl named taylor and uh me and sam had started talking again like more closely over the last couple of years and uh started hanging out and whatnot and i was in the process of getting married to taylor uh, we were like weeks out from our wedding and I was over here with Sam hanging out with her, you know, just like hanging out, 
and then one thing led into another and we ended up kissing on the couch and pretty much just went downhill from there i uh i ended up going through with the wedding but sleeping with sam the night of the wedding and then leaving her the next day after the wedding after going through with the wedding oh wow yeah it was uh it wasn't supposed to happen the way it did. I, I accidentally, I was talking to my brother about what was going on and how I was supposed to deal with the situation. And I was sending him pictures of who Sam was. And I accidentally sent pictures of me and Sam making out and whatever to my current wife at the time. So she got, she got all the juicy pictures that my brother was supposed to get. And that's how she found out. Man, that's a, uh, that's a tough situation. <laughs> And then to add more cake to the sauce of it, about a month after the little bit of the storm rolled over, she called us and said that she was pregnant and keeping the baby. So I just had a daughter that was born about two months ago or three months ago, and my son was just born two weeks ago. And the rest is going to be history. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, as horrible as it sounds, sometimes that's just how life plays it, you know? It is because I chose to go with what I felt was right. And that was choosing Sam. And in doing so, I lost 90% of the people that were around me at the time that were my so-called friends and family. Only about 2% of them stuck around with my decision. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how it goes with breakups, unfortunately. But yeah. hey, the ones that stay are the ones that are good. Well, yeah, and the ones that stayed were the one, like the ones that left were the ones that weren't even friends with her. Yeah, and like, and they knew about it because, like, I, I wasn't keeping it a secret because, like, I was, I was trying to figure out how to do it because I was gonna leave her, and I wanted to do it in my own way that I thought was right. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes that makes sense. No way, no way of the situation was right, but like, I was trying to figure out a way to do it in my own sanity of way of that would be right to me and at the end of the day like look at where we are now you know we're we're completely moved on in life you know life's going good we just had a baby we're getting ready to move to florida we're taking the process steps of doing everything we had to do to live our life without that that drama situation that had happened <laughs> yeah i mean yeah like i said it, it, that's relationship stuff man sometimes it's just weird like that and it just it works out in weird ways i've had similar situations that turned out horrible or good and you know it sucks yeah. at the time but as time goes on it turns out it was the right thing regardless of who was affected by it you know yeah. everyone everyone moves on and life gets better for them well and like in doing so i i refound like my passion for certain things in life that i just like let go of or um oh yeah yeah you're right baby um i'm sober i am about six months sober now um alcohol oh, nice. um not whatsoever like no sips tasting going out and having one at the at the restaurant or something like i'm completely alcohol free i mean that's good yeah no there's been some great like things about it. like i said like i was able to we we were able to rekindle things in both of ourselves that we brought out that we realized that we're missing um just in a relationship but also in like our personal self that we've come out to do you know like i i've refound my passion for cars and i uh i run a car club here in town and i build cars like i have a mk7 um volkswagen gli 2019 Ooh. Uh, 
that is com- um, completely built, full bolt on. I'm on E85 on an IE Stage 3 tune with a bigger turbo, you know, so I do that stuff on, on the side as my hobby. Like, that's my hobby. That's my, my big hobby that I do. I'm, I'm doing car stuff every weekend in the summer. Yeah, I mean, that's good, man. That's a, that's a good hobby. You know you're going to stay out of drugs if you do car stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Things are expensive. Yeah. Yeah, no, my car is, it's my baby. Like, I have so many platforms of social media for it. Like, I have, it has its own Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Oh, man, it's on TikTok. Yeah, it's got everything. <laughs> That's great. Well, all right, um, that fun stuff's out of the way. How, uh, I mean, going from the military to college football, right? That was sort of... Yeah, that was pretty much the next big jump was military after i got out i did a year and a half like i got my um my electronic engineering degree from itt right out of right out of the army i i used my va benefits and uh i started playing semi-pro football at that time through a roommate of mine that i had met that played football and he was like dude you're so athletic like come out and try out for football he's like if you don't make it, you don't make it and uh, so I was finishing up school and I was doing football, the semi-pro stuff here in Wisconsin doing that. And uh, my school that I went to ended up getting shut down for fraud. Um, ITT ended up getting shut down completely globally for like a national fraud thing. <laughs> yep. Good old ITT tech. <laughs> yep. And so like I lost the degree that I had with it and I only got like 60 something worth of credits that they gave back to me like gen ed credits and stuff like that but i lost everything else and so when my transcripts when i finally got the opportunity to go to florida my transcripts i had to go to pentacola state first before i could go to the university because my transcripts didn't match what was going on and that was because of what happened and they weren't understanding that like i have a degree but it's like it doesn't exist because they took it away Oh, man, I had to get like letters written and stuff like that. It was it was I I almost gave up on it when I got to Florida. Actually, Uh, I was there for about a month and no progress was being made um, from the schools. They weren't giving me the benefit of the doubt or trusting me that like I wasn't lying or making it up, even though it was like nationally televised of what happened. Like they were just like, oh, how do we know you were one of the students? I'm like, it's right here in my transcripts. It says right here, like, you know, and so that was that was hard. Yeah, it's surprising because normally schools are just happy to take your money. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> Especially because it's free money. Yeah, they, they love taking people's money, man. But, all right, so then you went down to Florida from Wisconsin yep. to do some school. Yep, in Pensacola. And uh, then I was there for two years. Um, in those two years, I played for University of West Florida, and then I played for the Pensacola Panhandle Crusaders. And uh, we went on a 21-game 20 win streak, back-to-back national titles. Nice. So that was that was that was awesome. That was a, a rush, college life rush. <laughs> yeah. It was fun because I could out drink every college student there. So <laughs> that was the, the best part. <laughs> and my uh my hometown's high school football team made national news once for uh zero wins. No oh, shoot. <laughs> it made a God, what was it? It was a Stephen Colbert report. Oh, really? It made the Stephen Colbert report. That's how I found out about it, because it was all over that. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Ooh. Zero win. So they end up, yeah, they end up just canceling football for the year. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, you guys can't win. Football's over. Pretty much. <laughs> That's shitty. Because <laughs> there's always that. Because you always have that one kid on the football team that is super talented. Yeah. Like, I feel like no matter where you're from, no matter the school, there's always one kid in school that is just an athlete. So it's like, I feel like, you know, like, he's probably like, damn, they just canceled football on me, man. I thought I was doing good. I had a thousand rushing yards, but you guys couldn't put up a point. Yeah, this is back. 2006 is uh it's in Jeez. Michigan. It was called Oscoda. This little town, the Oscoda Owls. They were zero and four until they shut the thing down. That's it. They were only zero and four. Yeah, yeah. Man, my son would lose his shit if they did that to him. My son is a mini prodigy of me of sports. He is he is a freak of nature for sports. Man, he own regiment, own workout programs, own lifting habits own whatever you want to call it for for his age nice Uh, he's the running back for burlington he just did wrestling for the first time ever in his life and he took he took home gold at the end of the year to finish the season off and only in the hardest tournament of the school year he won gold dang so that was that was a really good accomplish for him for that first time ever doing wrestling. Sound like you got a family of winners. Hopefully we got one that doesn't even know how to walk over his own two feet without falling. That's TJ the Turbo, little Turbo Man. He can't even... <laughs> oh, he loves cars, though. I, I think he might be like a little engineering mechanic car person something, though, because every time I do my car stuff, he is right there with me. And when we go to the races or go out to events for car stuff and he gets out, everybody... Everybody runs up to TJ. Oh, what's up, Turbo? What's up, little TJ? That's awesome. You know, and they they walk him around and let him sit in their cars and stuff like that. He's like the little mascot of the little car club we got. Oh, yeah, he's going to grow into cars for sure then. Yeah, that's all he does, too. Like, he mimics me, like, when he's in the room. Like, he'll be playing with his car stuff, and you'll hear him just, and, like, making car noises. Hey, as long as it's not the mimicking you from when you're fixing the cars and things aren't going right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's he's probably the most clumsiest, most uncoordinated kid you'll ever meet. But he loves cars. So yeah, hey, you know, cars aren't bad. They get us where we need to go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and then you started uh, so sometime after college or whatever. You started a landscape business, right? Started your own business right before COVID hit. Yes, correct. Um, so. I have friends in like I wouldn't say high places, but I have I have connections like all over. You know, if it, whether it's cars, football, baseball, mechanics, uh, you know, whatever, t-shirts, designs, graphic designs, whatever, I can typically hit up one person or two people, and that person would be taken care of. Like that's just like how how people know me as like around this area. Yeah. So when I had gotten out of like being in trouble and stuff like that. Um, my, my old friend, Greg was working for this lawn care company and he got me a job job as like just a, a tech guy, you know, picking up the trash, the leaves, scraping up their back ends, blowing leaves and whatever. And, um, I pretty much worked my way up as to a lead foreman for the company with him and ended up getting my own truck. And I was like, man, this is really easy. Like I could do this for a living. Like there ain't nothing to this and nobody can tell me what to do except for my boss. So I was like, I want to do this on my own. And I had a buddy of mine, his name is Serbo that owns VSM express worldwide, which is one of the biggest trucking companies out here in Chicago and uh, Wisconsin. And uh, I gave him a business 
proposal. I laid it down an actual business proposal on a like platform, pretty much projected him what his numbers could be projected him this, that, and the other. And I said, if you give me this business loan, I was like, you'll have 50% of everything that I make. And then I'll pay you back everything from the loan. Once you're paid back, then you'll just go strictly to money every week into your bank account from everything that I do. And then I keep the rest. Hmm. And, uh, he gave me a $20,000 loan and I took out all my equipment, got the insurance, got a building and, uh, opened up my business. Uh, say so if you like go on Google, uh, and type in sharpshooter lawn care services is what it it's under. It says closed on it right now, obviously, cause I, I shut down, but like, I still have my patent and stuff like that for my name. Nobody could take it. They enjoyed doing the landscape stuff or. Um, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I, I totally, if I could sell this company that I have right now and set up another one, I would. Like, I love it. I, I loved every minute. I love working with people and just seeing different houses and doing different projects and seeing, like, how far I can push myself to build something for somebody or whatever the case may be. Um, I love landscaping, everything. I love mowing. Being by myself, headphones in, and nobody can talk to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I work for a lawn care company. I do chemical. Oh, okay. So yeah. I, you know, fertilizer, weed control, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm like uh, essentially the assistant manager of the department, as well as like our social media manager. So of course, occasionally do out tree stuff, mow stuff, landscape stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I understand this business. I it's not one I wanted to be in, but I did manage to find my way there somehow. And uh, yeah. I've been with my company for about seven years. So honestly, surprised we made it through COVID. I was expecting a lot more losses than we had. Yeah, COVID killed me, man. Just because, like, they didn't offer the small business COVID relief program like they did to corporate businesses. Yeah. And then when they did start offering things, like, they were, they first, I don't know if they did it for you guys out there, but for here, it was like, you guys can go out, but you can't be in the same vehicle. So each crew has to be in a separate car. You can't have two the same arriving at a house and it's just like i'm not gonna go out there and wear a mask in 130 degrees and drive by myself when i need four people at 10 acres of land you know it's just it's yeah, it, not... it was tough we uh i mean the chemical stuff i was always by myself anyways but yeah, yeah i couldn't knock on the customer doors which always i always love talking with my customers it's yeah exactly my favorite you, part. Build, you build like your own little like reputation not really reputation but like you build a repertoire with people and people some people take that, you know, all the way to the grave with them on how nice you were. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've gotten more customers due to just being nice to current ones. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. That's how that's how I did it. I, I started off uh, word of mouth for my business. And by the end of the first month, I had picked up 30 extra contracts. Yeah. yeah doing good work and being, uh, you know, relatable and nice. People love that. Yeah, a lot of people liked my because like my slogan was veteran owned, veteran operated sharpshooter lawn care services. So like people automatically like jumped on that that I was a veteran. So yeah, uh, yeah, this sucks. It sort of COVID hit it. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I couldn't bounce all the way back, man. I, I I couldn't not not covering the insurance, not covering liability, and not and, and trying to get employees to come back and not quit and just collect unemployment. It, it, I just couldn't. I couldn't keep up with it. Yeah, I said I'm honestly surprised we made it through, but I mean we did luckily. So, but yeah, so then you end up getting a uh, your ex father in law's business. Yes, uh, which his name that Rick. sounds 
inner, you know, like God, I couldn't even remember an ex's parent that would even probably say hi to me, even if we had a good relationship. <laughs> and it's funny because my girl's literally looking at me right now, like, uh huh, yeah, yeah, because no exes do. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, but no, he's he, he's like I don't even like he's like my dad, man. Like I was with his daughter when we were in like, sophomore juniors of high school, so like we were high school sweethearts, and then we got married and had a kid and divorced and all that. But mine and his friendship always stayed the same. Um, he's never put like a wall between me or Ashley. Like he's like, all right, she's dumb, you're dumb. I love you, I love you. You know, like he does it to sam like my girl now you know he's open arms to her and the kid and her kid and you know he treats us every time we go down there to visit you know oh you guys go out to dinner let's go out to breakfast you know let's hang out you know he's he's always been that to me yeah he's a good father figure there are there are people like that in the world and it's really good to have that in your life even if it's you know just some random person you know like yeah, it's good to have that type of person in your life, that uh, experience and that sort of uh, relationship. Yeah, no, and he like he he's not the one that will be there and preach to you about you know, oh, you messed up, you fucked up, or she fucked up, or whatever. He just takes it as it is and deals with it in his own accord and learns like who was right or who was wrong or who's lying his own way. He doesn't judge. Yeah. Um, but when he had called me and offered me, that was kind of just like, oh. Um, yeah, I'll take it, but I was like, I'm looking for a job right now that's going to, you know, secure me, lock me in. And he's like, well, why don't we talk about you just running the company and I'll put your name on the business cards and you'll be the, the general manager advocate of the company and I'll I'll run everything behind closed doors over the, fo- over the phone. And because he lives in Florida, he's retired. He lives in Florida. This man, this man bowls golf or bowls, pool, dart, and then haircut and flea market six days a week. <laughs> Dang. That's uh, the life. Yeah. He runs it behind the scenes and you just sort yep. of, you're the face. Yep. Uh, I deal with every, every dealership, every owner, every customer service call. I do all of it. I deal with all of it by myself and he just pretty much deals with the payroll um, and the invoices and the, um, the distribution uh, third parties for um, the licenses and stuff like that through the dealerships. Yeah. So this is, is this just, just statewide or I so I can pretty much like if I like when we're moving to Florida when we're getting ready to be out of here um by the end of the summer I could go there and just walk into a dealership and be like hey man here's my business card uh, I do rock chip and glass repair I do certified and all pre-owned I was wondering you know if you got time for me to walk your lot and you know if they say oh we got somebody or they don't it's either a yes or no and then if I get them then I I I give them the business card they call the number on there and it directly goes to Rick. And then he sets up a PO number and an account with them, and boom, it's on a payroll. Nice. So, I mean, you could essentially do business anywhere. They can't fire me. That's, that's like, the one thing that I like is if I go in and I'm like, all right, here's your list, and they're just a dick to me, like, I can be like, all right, well, you guys lost my service. I'm not coming back. You know, it's not like they can fire me or stop my pay. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, it's it's on me and me only. Like, they can only tell me, yes, I can fix the car or not. Dang, that's nice. It's a nice job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and it's it's a lot of driving, but it's it's I'm okay with it just because I like to drive and I like to be in my car by myself. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. I mean, you got anything else you want to jump into a little more, um, or anything I, we haven't talked about? Um, we just had a baby. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's exciting, huh? He was born a month early. He was born uh, preemie and NICU, so we had to deal with that for oh. a week. Um, a little scary, especially since my oldest is thir- going to be thirteen, and it's been a long time since I had a baby. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, that's uh, I mean, that'd be a shocker for anyone, though. <laughs> Yeah, so he was in NICU. Um, he got cleared out of NICU after eight, uh, 15 hours, and uh, we finally got to put him in our arms and take him home after 24 hours, of 48 hours of being there. And then uh, he ended up coming down with some jaundice pretty bad and had to be put in a billy blanket. And, Ooh. And then uh, he lost about a pound. So we had a, where he's on a supplement diet right now like that adds into the breast milk. Well, I mean, glad he's doing good, though. I mean, oh yeah, he's a he's a champ, man. He he's sleeping right now, but he uh, he's a champ, dude. He, he he all of the shots and the doctors and everything. He didn't cry at all. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, but um, other than that, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, you could probably ask me some questions on some like anime or something, and I wouldn't know how to answer it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, I don't know. I mean, I I know some. I said, what was that? If, I said I'm an avid gamer. I I, I game twenty four seven. Oh yeah, what do you what do you what are you playing big? What's your big one right now? Um, Fortnite and Apex. Fortnite and Apex. All right. Um, I was on the zone for a long time, and then when they discontinued the resurgence and all that, I was like, all right, I'm done. This game sucks. Man, I didn't. I don't know. I liked Apex, but I also didn't. I hated that you couldn't do solo. Yeah, I I don't like that either. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, like I'm not good at shooters. I mean, I play a lot yeah. of games. Shooters, it's not my cup of tea. I play them though. I'm yeah. that type of dude. Like back in the day, when we were playing, you know, Halo and Call of Duty and stuff on the 360. I was the dude getting drunk, talking shit with like <laughs> 50 deaths and no kills. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I do that. I do um I do a lot of racing games too. You know, like Need for Speed, Forza, anything that can build me a car, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we tried a what's it, car mechanic simulator? Uh, is that for a PC? Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. I I only got the PlayStation and stuff. I don't. I haven't. Maybe I think it might be on PlayStation. I'm not sure. You said what? I said it might be on PlayStation. I'm not sure though. I have to. I have to look. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm mostly PC gamer, so. <laughs> Yeah. No, I was gonna say I, uh, I I was almost interested into the PC life when I uh, when I was doing Warzone. I was doing Twitch streaming for Warzone, and uh, I thought about buying a PC setup. And then I looked at the prices, and I was like, "All right, no, I'm, I'm just gonna stick to this." <laughs> Man, I say once once you do it, though, you'll, you're never going back. Yeah, that's uh, I, a few of my buddies that I play with are lifetime PC players from switching from console. So, yeah, I mean, I. Uh... I mean, I played PC way back when, you know, AOL was still a thing. And you couldn't talk on the phone and play a game on the internet at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah I just didn't have the money to keep up with it. Then eventually I ended up working at a computer factory building computers. I ended up building my own computer for myself. And then that was go. it. That pff, yeah, I had a PS4 sitting on my desk for like four years or whatever. Two, three years, didn't touch it. Yeah. COVID is actually what got me back into gaming. I didn't I didn't own a system until COVID. Yeah, I think a lot helped a lot of uh, video games and stuff. It I think that's really the big push on a lot of new games and anime and stuff was COVID. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Because like me and my girl were just talking about that 
like a week ago about the whole anime thing, like how it's become like a popular thing. And it's like, I never even heard of this stuff. And it's people are like, oh, it's been there for years. <laughs> yeah, you, it, it's like uh, back in the like 80s, 70s and 80s when like reading a comic book was like not the thing to do because you made fun of like that was like yeah. 90s, early thousands for me, you know, like yeah, I watched no, anime it, and then I was like. It was like, okay, either watch anime or get made fun of even more at school. It's like, well, yeah, exactly. I'm going to have to yep. put anime down for a bit. Now everyone's sitting here watching anime. I'm like, really? And now it's like, if you don't watch anime, you're a loser. Yeah, so they're like, pretty much. <laughs> I was like, man, this is all twisted. Yeah, yeah, no. I can't even I totally... be mad, though, because that's what one of my podcasts is about. So, <laughs> yeah. No, and then, like, uh, what's another thing that's back that we were talking about, babe? Uh, the mullets. Oh yeah, mullets. Mullets are making a comeback so hard, especially where we live. Every other kid that my fr- my son is friends with has a damn mullet. That's that's amazing. I'm not kidding. Like literally, you could walk through my town, babe. How many mullets can you see in a day here? At least ten, right? At least ten in a day, you'll see mullets just walking by you in a row. Man, that's <laughs> awesome. So we got a lot of man buns down here, and I I had one myself for a while, and I finally was like, eh, I don't really care for this. Yeah, man bun was here for a minute, but it's definitely the mullet, the mullet trend right now. And uh, my son is into the, um, what's that hairstyle that he wants? The pop smoke uh, braids. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm just mad that when I cut my hair, I didn't leave the rat tail. <laughs> Should have tried to brought that back, you know? Oh, my gosh. The the little little patch back with the tail. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh that's funny but no man i think that's that's pretty much i'm pretty much all i got for you on like as far as what we talked about and touch base on all right well um hey before we end it do you have anything you want to plug like any other projects or anything you're doing or you know you mentioned if you're i don't know if you're still streaming what if you do that uh you mean like give a shout out yeah shout out anything you do or anything you're you know big supportive of Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd like to shout out Sticky Tech. Jeremy, um, owner of Sticky Tech, he is a huge uh, reason for my car being the way it is. And he's a local business in Kenosha here that does uh, vinyl decaling and wrapping and tinting on uh, vehicles all out of his garage. And uh, shout out to him. All right, man. Uh, Have you sent me some links and I'll sort of tag it in the description? Yeah, no, I got you, man. I can do that. But, all right, man, hey, thanks for joining on. This was a blast. Some good stories. Yeah, no, of course, man. It was awesome. I'm looking forward to more of your stuff and seeing more of the stuff on the, the groups and stuff like that. So Yeah, well, again, thanks for joining. And uh, everyone listening, you have a good one. Thanks for checking out Talking Dirty. I hope you enjoyed this episode and... Make sure to check the description for the links for the guests and the intro and outro music we used. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or you yourself want to be a guest, send me an email at talkingdirty at gmail.com. Until next time, friends, have a good one.
Can you see that? I wasn't there for you when you went into hiding on the front steps of your porch. And I reflected all the memories, but I put out that torch. Hey! Can you tell me when you want to be in time? There's a million different places and a million different heights. I'll climb the tallest of the mountains, the highest place I find. So that I can look over and perform me what is mine. Can you say that I disappeared? Can you say that I wasn't there for you when you went into hiding on the front steps of your porch? That's what I'm looking for.